Hello, Top of the List listeners, and uh, welcome to another episode of Top of the List. Here with your host, my name is RB. I'm here with my co-host, Dom. Say what's up, Dom. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome back, indeed. We hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And uh, Dom, I don't know about you, but I spent a lot of my Thanksgiving catching up on some movies, TV, and uh, reloading here for Top of the List. So we had some, some things to talk about. So drum roll, please. Our first episode back from... A brief hiatus from the Thanksgiving holiday and some work uh, responsibilities, and we will be reviewing Blue Beetle, the uh, latest installment of the DCEU films. Uh, Blue Beetle, of course, was in theaters about a month ago and is now streaming on HBO Max. If you have not had a chance to see it, go ahead and hit pause because we're going to be coming right at you with the spoilers. So hit pause, go check it out on HBO Max, or I'm, I'm sorry, just on Max now, officially. <laughs> um, go check out Blue Beetle and uh, come back here, hear what we have to say about it, see if you agree with us, see if you disagree. Uh, you know, we love we love all any and all opinions of films here. We uh, don't need you to always agree with us. We appreciate you listening to us, but let us know what you think as well. But let's dive in, Dom, to Blue Beetle. Uh, I know I saw this one in theaters. Uh, you just got a chance to check this one out, so I'm, I'm curious to hear what your impressions are, uh, first impressions are from this film. I was really excited to check this one out, RB, and I had a couple reasons why. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one reason, Zolo Mariduena playing oh, Jaime yes. Reyes. Of course, our boy from the Cobra Kai, man, we got like to first strike watch hard, no it. mercy. All right, yeah, exactly. And speaking of that, there's a new season coming up soon. Should be January first. Yeah. Usually they come very out. Very excited, yes. Unless they 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 push it sooner, but very excited yeah. for that. Another season of Cobra Kai. Definitely stay tuned for that one. We will be reviewing that as it comes out. One of our uh, OG reviews here on top of the list. Way back when we started this show was of. Uh, of I believe it was season three and then our reviews of season one and two as well when they dropped on Netflix. Absolutely. So he was one of the main draws for me in this film. Definitely a character that is not far from something we've seen him play before and definitely something in his wheelhouse, which is what I wanted to see. Um, and he brought that charisma that I wanted to see in this movie. But another reason I wanted to see this one, RB, I, I think you might have already mentioned it, but... Since this movie's release, James Gunn, the new head of the DC movie universe, has gone ahead and said that Blue Beetle will be a part of his universe, will be a part of the universe that he's building that starts with his Superman film coming out next year. Next year, or end of next year, beginning of 2025, I think, is when it's supposed to come out. Yeah. Um, So. That means that this is not part of the Zack Snyder, uh, Justice League, Batman versus Superman, Ezra Miller, Henry Cavill, Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot um, universe, which is interesting because, you know, they did a good job of making the the (laughs) – there's two references that I want to point out here at the beginning Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, before we get into story and stuff like that. Two references to the DCU. I think they did a good job of keeping them extremely, extremely vague. There's the first one at the beginning of the movie, big, wide landscape shot of, uh, oh gosh, I just had the name of the city on my mind. It's Pal- Pal- Palermo City? Yeah, yeah. I think, um, hold on, Something I, I like got that. it here. But yeah, it yeah. starts, starts with a P, yeah, where, where <laughs> this film takes place, uh, Palmera, Palmera Pal- City. Palmera City. And yes. we get a big, wide landscape shot of that. We get a big shot of the Cord building and right behind it a big 
LexCorp sign in the mm-hmm. background. Perfect little tease that Lex Luthor exists in this universe, and his yep. building is right behind the Cord building, although it's not the focus of this movie at all. And then our, our other reference, of course, is a little more obvious. They name drop Superman, they name drop Batman, they, and uh, Zolo, or Jaime Reyes, he even says at one point, he says this uh, when they go into Ted Cord's lair, they say, oh yeah, his stuff kind of looks like Batman stuff a little bit, but yep. not quite yep. as nice. Yep. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah, what did you? What other, were your thoughts? Yeah, I, I like that as well. I mean, a few other, you know, Easter eggs to the DC universe. Uh, of course, Jaime had just graduated from Gotham University, right? Um, and then I don't know if it's been mentioned in the DC Extended Universe, but obviously from the Justice League shows and um, and from uh, from the comics, the the Big Belly Burger Company is where what right. they hide the scarab and just just more touching that this is not an original story per se it is part of the dc universe because many people do not know about the blue beetle i certainly didn't um this is my first introduction to this character albeit having existed in the dc comic universe much before this film so those are the references we could talk about here now let's talk about this in the grand scheme let's zoom all the way out rb let's give it our scores because that's what the people want to know yep um this one's tough for me to score because there's a lot that I liked in this movie. Yeah. I liked yeah. the fight sequences. I, I, I liked a couple of the characters in this film, especially okay. our main character. I liked Zolo Mariduena. Yep. I liked what he brought to this film. I liked George Lopez and his comedic relief. Always good. Um, but there's a lot in this movie that we've seen before. This is... Very similar to kind of like an Iron Man, Spider-Man No Way Home. There's lots of stuff we've seen in this movie before. I was going to say Ant-Man. This film screamed Ant-Man to me. The battle between the two suits, you know, sort of of thing. And, yeah, I mean, another example would be Iron Man 2. And, you know, yeah, the upgraded suit versus the original suit, so to speak. Right. Yeah. So there was a lot of familiar elements to the plot in this one. But overall, I think the characters really did shine in this one. I liked a lot of the characters. And one thing I do have to point out, I know me and RB will disagree on this. This had way, 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 excuse me, way better CG than The Flash. I hated the CG in The Flash. I loved the Blue Beetle suit in this. It looked awesome. Um, so that, to me, that's a lot of big points because the design was great. The fight sequences, the CG was seamless in my opinion. So... What can I say, man? I didn't like the part in the Flash where he picked up all the babies out of the building. That looks so fake to me. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was that, funny. It reminded me straight out of Deadpool, which I have a soft spot for. Probably my all-time favorite uh, of these new superhero films, um, and that's what it felt like to me. So I, I love that sequence in the Flash. But I digress. So your score for this, Dom? So my score for this one, I think I'm going to give this one a solid eight out of ten. I think okay. this is a great movie. I. At the beginning, I was really liking it. I wasn't sure if I could give it anything like Nine Amazing. Uh, there's definitely some movies, superhero movies, that I could think of when I say Nine Amazing. Not sure if this one reached that level. But, yeah, I'm going to give this a solid 8 out of 10. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go just a little tick below. 7.5 okay. out of 10. Really enjoyed this movie, but I did feel that everything I enjoyed in this film, I had seen before. Right. That was my biggest uh, biggest flaw with this is it felt like we took a lot of the things we liked from some of the other DC Extended Universe films pre-James Gunn. We took a lot of the stuff that we liked from 
the MCU and we just kind of threw them all together. And it was like a a big softball pitch for them to hit out of the park. Um, Yes. Yes. That being said, I enjoyed everything they put out there. It just felt very much like I've seen this. I've seen this. I've seen this. Whereas, again, you know, I'm going to throw it back to another superhero film that we both really enjoyed this year and reviewed Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. A lot of that felt original still. That you know they were able to roll out the original content. Um, here I just felt like again a lot of it we had already seen, but I enjoyed the story. Um, again, albeit something we've seen before, I definitely enjoyed the characters. Um, I think you you mentioned a couple that I would have uh, highlighted as well, uh, Solo Maradueña, um, as well as uh, George Lopez. Big fan as well. I, I liked his sister, uh, played by Belissa uh, Escobedo of Milagro. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I thought she, she had a really cool role in this. Um, and some again, great you know, jokes as well. Yeah, good comic relief, uh, as as was uh, Nana in this. A lot of big uh, jokes, I, I, I big laughs was, for her. Yeah, Adriana Barraza, who played that role. Uh, she, was, she was great. Um, and then Susan Sarandon. I thought Susan Sarandon was a really, really good villain in here. Just yeah. pure evil. Um, she played it well, kind of heartless. Um, Lex Luthor esque almost, you know. Yeah. Businesswoman, genius, scientist, power hungry. I, I really liked her or her or her portrayal of uh, of our villain of Victoria Cord, and we really see it in the scene where she has uh, has uh, Jaime, you know, sort of tied up, and she's willing to to kill him to get this power, get the power of the scarab into her Olmec suit. I do want to talk about Susan Sarandon real quick and her yeah. character. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I was about to say almost uh, my famous term, a mustache twirler kind of a villain. But like you said, Susan Sarandon pulled it out, uh, pulled it through with a great performance here. And what I do have to say is they gave her a fantastic motivation in this one, Mm -hmm. which is what really made her awesome in this one. That made her a step above what we've seen in some other superhero films. The fact that she got overlooked by her own father for the company. And they even say it in this movie. Wow, that's kind of sexist, right? I mm-hmm. think that is a great motivation for her to be like this. It makes sense why she's evil, which you can't say about a lot of these, uh, some of these Marvel villains, some of these DC villains. They're just yep. evil for evil's sake. It makes sense why she's evil. It makes sense why she wants to do these things. So mm-hmm. I like that aspect of her character. I I agree. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed her portray- her portrayal of the of uh, Victoria Cord. And remind me, I don't know the actress's name, but uh, yes. Jenny. Jenny Cord, the love interest in this one. Yeah, kind of. yeah. Jenny Cord played by Bruno Marquezine. Um, and what do you think of her? I, you know, she she wasn't my favorite necessarily. Yeah. Uh, again, kind of the the bright young love interest. I mean, felt kind of new MJ esque. Um, yeah, totally. Or, or almost. Um, I, I know she ended up being kind of a kind of a villain. But I don't remember the name of her. But the, the first love interest in Spider-Man uh, Homecoming. Oh, yeah, Liz, uh, something Liz. Yeah, yeah. The, the Michael, Michael, uh, Michael Keaton's Michael daughter. Michael Keaton's yeah. daughter, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, honestly, I, I thought she was a, a decent love interest, decent side character. But I have to point out, this is one of my negatives of the mm-hmm. film, actually. Um, her and Jaime, after they discover her father's, the coolest aspect, that's one thing about her character. The coolest aspect about her character is that her dad is Ted Kord, which is yep. the original Blue Beetle from the comics yep. that we've seen, um, if you're a comics reader. And um, 
That's the coolest aspect about her. Then, after they discover the lair, they sit down in the bedroom while he puts on, like, these this weird pajamas. And they sit down on the bed, and they have this scene where they talk about how her mother died when she was young. And it's supposed to be this big emotional scene. And I felt nothing. I, I think this mm-hmm. was a complete waste of a scene. It did There was not, not, not great chemistry acting. between these two. Yeah, not good acting. Not chem- not good chemistry, just like you said. I agree, man. No. So, yeah. yeah. That's, well, that's I mean, my one I, point. I think... I think I struggled with both of them in this in this film because they're playing young adults. Now, uh, I don't know the age of uh, of Bruno Marquezine. Um, looks like she is 28. Okay, so she's a little bit older. But I'm just so used to seeing Solo Maraduena play a high schooler. <laughs> and so to see him as a college graduate and having a relationship with someone who, you know, is, you know, kind of a successful businesswoman kind of... I don't know. I, I struggled with it a little bit, and and yeah. again, not not his fault by any means. His acting. It's it's sometimes the circumstances of you play a role that you're used to seeing someone in, and that's that's right. how you see him. You know, it's weird that oh yeah, I'm reminding myself that yeah, he's just back at home, fresh from graduating from college. It's not like he lives with his family. Um, yeah, and I do have to say, as far as Zola Marjuana goes, his charisma really pulled through in this role. Yeah, yeah. With a character, I, I'm interested to say see what you think about this. With a character that has basically nothing special about him at all, Jaime Reyes literally has nothing special about him except the fact that he has a college degree. I mean, He's I no think Peter it, Parker that can. That's a great scientist, right? That's what we. That's why we love Peter Parker. That makes him a special character. Think about Tony fair, Stark. Okay. Think about Ant Man. He's ex con. That's something special about his character. He, this guy has nothing. This guy has nothing except his family, which was one of the main themes of the film that really shone through, I thought. I, I'd like to rebut that. I mean, okay. do we get that? I'm, I'm trying to think back to Homecoming. It's been a while since I've seen Homecoming. And obviously we get it in um, in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans and the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans. Do we get that Tom Holland's Spider-Man, I mean, beyond being an overachieving high school student, is this brilliant scientist? I mean, everything that he gets really minus his initial web shooters are from Tony Stark. I I mean that's why right. I would relate him to Tom Holland's Spider-Man. I I I don't he's bright. He's very bright. I think he's more I, than just a college graduate. I think they make that clear that you know he earned yeah. his way through college and you know I think that's what's special about this story and what I like most about this character is it's it's a different background of a superhero coming yes. from a first gen family and that I, I love awesome. the familial unit and his motivations that get him his powers of trying to get this job at uh, at Court Industries and you know trying to make money for his family and then just by circumstance ends up with the scarab um, that's that's one of my biggest pluses for this film yes he gets his powers in you know not by accident he, I mean yes by accident but the circumstance that he's in when he gets it is he's trying to help his family and yeah. I think that's yeah uh, the most positive thing I took away from this film. Yeah, and I, I do think that they showed, uh, you know, the fact that, uh, just to, rebut, to to build on what you were saying before, in Homecoming, they show how Peter Parker is, like, a member of the, uh, I think it's a, the debate team, or is, like, the, uh, is it like Yeah, Quiz Bowl, or uh, Something uh, like Academic that. Olympiad, whatever, you know, the, yeah, he's on that team, and that trip to D.C., but to me, that spells bright high school student. That doesn't spell genius inventor you know he, he goes to this midtown plus the fact that well, how about the fact that he tinkers with his suit later he's tinkering with tony True. stark's tech he's able to override tony stark's programming in the suit 
The fact that he made, like you said, he made his own web fluid. They show him at the beginning of Spider-Man Homecoming with a tube, mixing the tube and making his web fluid. I think that is an interesting characteristic at the very least. But okay, yeah. that's that's fair. I just yeah. they don't give, and we we've, we've talked about this time and time again. It's one of the things that's special about this Spider-Man is we've seen the Spider-Man backstory over and over again. You know, right. Tom Holland doesn't get the backstory as much right. as right. Maguire or um, or Garfield. Garfield. But yes, yeah. Um, I, again, I I think I like what what you're saying here. I and I agree with it. That the two things that make Solo, Maradona, Jaime, his character so special is, you know, he's, he's an everyman, like you said. Yeah. And he's, his motives are always behind helping his family. And, and that's, that's something that everyone, so awesome. everyone can relate to him. And he's a very, very relatable character, which I think, again, is maybe why we went with the casting job. I think that Miguel is a very relatable character in, uh, in Cobra Kai. And I think, yeah. again, brilliantly played by Maradona. Yeah, and... Um... I think some of the most emotional moments that hit the hardest in this film had to do with Jaime and his relationship with his father. His yeah. father gave him an absolutely beautiful speech at the beginning before he even interacts with this, this Garib. And mm-hmm. I loved the shot. I loved a uh, great choice by the director slash editor slash cinematographer uh, to choose to have their house sitting very low. In a, and they're sitting in this very rural... It's almost like their house is like kind of run down a lot. And then in the distance, we see this beautiful high-tech city in the distance. I love the contrast there. That was so awesome to see that. And his dad's... Te- and, you know, the, the city itself is extremely futuristic. And mm-hmm. in their front porch, it's ex- it completely the opposite. They have a garden in their, in their front porch. And he's talking about how... Uh, his dad is talking about how he planted these... Uh, I think it's cactuses that grew and now they're growing up just like his boys growing up. I thought that was Mm -hmm. such a brilliant scene. I thought the relationship with his dad really was one of the best parts of this movie. And like you said, it's what makes his character so awesome. That's what motivates him to do these things. He loves his dad. He loves his sister. He loves his mom and grandma and his uncle. That's what made this movie have a great heart to it, which is one of the reasons why I gave it an eight because this movie has a lot of heart and that's what I loved about it. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally hear what you're saying. But again, like I said, the only reason I can't say it's great is because so much of it seemed to be a lot of the things I loved in this film I'd seen before. But again, that is the originality factor there. Yeah. Uh, definitely the family, uh, the caring for the family, the relationships that are built in this fam- familial unit, the Reyes family, uh, that oh. I, I really, really enjoy. One, one more thing I wanted to point out. Yeah. Um, I wanted to know what you think about one of my favorite speeches in the movie besides the one with his dad. Um, when at they're at a, the house that Tud Cord lived in where his lair is and stuff, Jaime gets upset because he realizes he can't have the scarab removed unless he dies. He goes up to the roof and he has a heart-to-heart with George Lopez. And George Lopez talks about how his dad worked himself, how they got to the country. And his dad brought uh, Jaime's dad, George Lopez's brother, brought George Lopez to the country and when he was 10 years old and they talked about how he had to work and work work to keep the family here and I mean I just thought that was so great that they did this George Lopez an actor that usually doesn't get to do a lot of emotional scenes like mm-hmm. that is usually just pure comic relief he really pulled it off I thought what's your opinion on all that yeah I, I think George Lopez was a slam dunk uh, casting job here uh, again not just for his comic relief but again showing that depth in his acting like you said something we don't get to see all that often Latino and, uh, Doc Brown 
<laughs> that's yeah, what they said at one uh, point. Yeah, yeah, that's right. With the, you know all of his inventions, the back of his truck and whatnot. No, I think I think he's awesome um, in this role. Uh, definitely. Uh, uh, when you you saw him in the in the trailers, obviously, and was curious to see how he would play this role. And again, I think a slam dunk casting job, and he does an excellent job as uh, as uh, Uncle Rudy. Yeah, as Uncle Rudy, very good. So let's talk about the story itself, RB. Let's talk about stuff we've seen before. Final battle. While visually stunning, two big armored suits is something we've seen happen in Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, and Iron Man 3, as well as some Avengers movies as well. We need to see this again. Ant-Man? Once again, yes. Like I said, this this felt very Ant-Man to me the whole time I'm watching this. Maybe it's just because it's another insect, beetle, ant, I don't know. Right, Um, right. Yeah, but... uh, yeah, again, it was it was well done. I like how it mm-hmm. ends. Um, mm-hmm. Thought you know the uh, the the flashback sequence where we get I was wondering, to see because yeah. yeah, I mean uh, our character. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember. This was his an name. interesting choice they made here at the end. I, I'm curious to know what you think about this. Yeah, Carapax. You know, mm-hmm. he's a uh, he's a character we don't get much about. He's just kind of this big thug bodyguard, and they they could have just left it that way. You know, he was just kind of the you know, the muscle for uh, Victoria Cord, but they didn't, you know, they gave him this backstory. We see that she, you know, we eventually find out that she was the reason or Cord Industries was the reason that his family died and he was in the situation that he felt indebted to Victoria Cord and why he had to, you know, help her as his, her kind of henchman. I like that they choose to give it that emotional ending and then he chooses obviously to sacrifice himself to save the Reyes family. Um... I like this a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah. This was the best part of the ending to me. Again, yeah. like I said, I, I'll totally agree with you. The, the final sequence, you know, the battle through the lair that ends, you know, with, you know, explosions and the, the two armored suit battles and the family escaping um, is something to me that is very much uh, done before. But the emotional tie is what I like the most about it. Yeah, I agree. And I like the real world connection because this is, this is actually something that happens in real life you know uh, kids taken away from uh, you know third world countries put it into armies made to you know grow up like this and you know that's something that actually happens in these third world countries and I thought it was important that they had a character that was represented like that at this, in this movie that was pretty interesting I thought so mm-hmm. and and like the, just what made this movie a little bit special. This, this movie only needed a little bit to make it special. It was just the entire culture behind it that added another little flavor to it that just pushed it up above for me a little bit. But like you said, despite some familiarities, some fam- everything with them invading this building and having to get inside this building was so... like I mean, Ant-Man did it and it was fresh because... He was an ex-con, and he had to figure out how to break in to get this these, this suit, and he had to figure out how to break into this building and the other movies as well. So, like, yeah, we that made it sense for this movie. But um, when they have to break back in and get the watch, that felt pretty pretty run of the mill to me. And mm-hmm. yeah, so there there was just a lot of generic sequences thrown in here. But like we said, it's the characters that brought this one home, and and yeah. the flair yeah. that they brought to this film. So yeah, I, I, I don't know what else I we could go from here, RB. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this was a good movie. Again, mm-hmm. the DC Extended Universe has been far more hit and miss um, than the MCU. I think for us, obviously, we've had yeah. some 
some recent misses with the MCU. DCEU, yeah. again, I think they've been about 50-50, but to me, this one was a yeah. hit, for sure. Yeah, and, this was um, a hit. You know, I'm excited that... Was was this one... Was, was Sean Gunn one of the runners in this one, uh, or uh, not? I, I don't know if he had his hands in this one. But okay. has said that it's part of his universe, so we'll see. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited for more, um, more DC projects. Honestly, I mean, I I think the next one is Aquaman, um, yeah. which is not going to be part of Gunn's DC Extended Universe. That's which is still weird. Zack Snyder's. But again, that being said, um, I liked the original Aquaman. It was a little long, but I liked it, and I'm excited for this next one. I, I think it's from what I've been hearing is not received great reviews from first looks but i'm, I'm gonna give it a chance and right you know i know you and i had conflicting views on the flash um mm-hmm. again I'm, I'm along for the ride just like i was for the uh, the mcu and still am for the mcu yeah absolutely uh i think that the we got a little after credit scene in this one ted court yep. is still alive not a big shock there i mean they set that one up pretty easy yeah yep but uh I, here's the big question that we should probably kind of touch on here at the end of our discussion. Here's the big question. Do you want to see a sequel to this, RB? Do you want to see this character more? Um, I don't know, like, a standalone sequel, but yeah. again, if we're building out this DC Extended Universe uh, like we built out the MCU, then, I mean, I'm willing to see this character developed more. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do you um, want to see him as part of, like, a uh, Justice League team up with Superman, Batman, other characters like that. Do you think he fits into I mean, that, that at all? I've, I've, I've been. I, I think he could. I've been yeah. begging for that for uh, for years. You know, my my statement was always growing up as we've discussed watching the Justice League more so than you know. I didn't know who the Avengers were, or what right, Marvel right. IP really was, with the exception of Spider Man, mm-hmm. um, until this MCU and Avengers initiative was introduced to us with you know Iron Man, you know. Uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark, and then obviously the Incredible Hulk, which was terrible, but whatever. Well, you know, and <laughs> Thor and whatnot. Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, you know, these were all. You know, I always said if if DC, someone had picked up DC and beaten it to the punch, it would have done better than Marvel. Um, now, obviously, it was after the fact, and Justice League was not great. I still have not seen the Zack Snyder cut, which you have said is much an improvement on it, but. Um, I've been begging for that for years. You know, I'm I'm not going to complain uh, with any superhero team up of any IP. I, um, you know, DC or Marvel. So I I definitely be down for it. Yeah, and I agree with you, RB. I think this character would fit in in the new DCU. This is what I wanted to to. This is what I want to really touch on here. I think that it's great that we have a new DC universe coming because this character does not fit in the Zack Snyder Justice League at all. He, I don't, I can't see him interacting with Cyborg, or I can't see him interacting with Henry Cavill or Ben Affleck at all. See, I, I can I'm, see him I'm, with the different characters. I, my, my statement is going to be that I could see this. There, there are some characters in that group that I could see him working well with. I think Cyborg is one of them. Okay. I also think that I could see him working well with. Uh, um, why am I blanking here? Um, the, with Ezra Miller, honestly, mm. as, as the Flash, I I really maybe Shazam. Think Shazam would be another one. You know, we bring Ezra Miller in as a quote unquote team leader. Ezra Miller's Flash. You know, now that we the timelines are all screwed up, and that's a, a good segue. Now that we have George Clooney as 
somewhat, let's call him an older, retired Batman now, sort of guiding the group rather than in the suits. And it's almost like a, a Teen Titans versus a, a true Justice League. That could be I, cool. I think that would be kind of neat. Yeah, um, that's a good Andrew pitch. Miller rocks that, rocks that younger, I know he's a little bit older, but, you know, can can pull off. He kind of was the younger, the youngest right. member of the Avengers. Obviously, Cyborg was a member of the Teen Titans. Maybe we bring in with George Clooney's Batman some semblance of Dick Grayson slash Damian Wayne as Nightwing or Robin. Um, right. I, I think it could be neat. Yeah. I, I What I want to see is I want to touch on the next film that's going to come out in this universe, Superman Legacy, from James Gunn. Um, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, RB. I am a fan of Henry Cavill as Superman, but I think he doesn't play the Superman that we're all used to. He does not play the upbeat uh, happy no, not at all. Superman that we're used to at all. So that's what I want to see, RB. I want to see uh, Zolo Mari Duenas, Blue Beetle, interacting with this new Superman. And I know that the new Superman's been cast. I know that I don't have it on my phone right now. But I'd like, I hope that if James Gunn, uh, that with James Gunn behind the helm for this new Superman movie, that we get the upbeat, comic-accurate Superman and I think uh, Blue Beetle will fit in perfectly interacting in that kind of a Superman universe. Okay, yeah, I can get behind that for sure. Yeah, um, yeah but I, I definitely also can agree with you that I don't think that yeah the Henry Cavill or any of the Zack Snyder characters would fit in with Blue Beetle. The main characters, I should say. Right. Jason Momoa's Aquaman, yeah. uh, Gal Gadot's... Uh, Wonder Woman, uh, Wonder Affleck. Woman. Ben Affleck, Batman, yeah. They're, mm-hmm. they're, it's just too brooding, dark, serious for yeah. a character like Blue Beetle, who, like I said, I would put more in that Ant-Man, Deadpool range uh, if yes. we're drawing parallels DC to Marvel. Awesome. So I think we've closed up our thoughts on this film and the DCU as it is right now in uh, the, at the end of November. Uh, we'll talk about it again, like you said, when we talk about Aquaman and how that movie pans out. Um, coming up in the future, RB, we're going to be talking about we've we've seen the end of Goosebumps. We've determined that it was a decent overall show. We don't really know if we're going to talk about it again, but if there's a season two, we'll definitely be discussing the premiere when that comes out. And we think there is going to be a season two. Yeah, so. I mean, the way they yeah. left it off, there should be. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else you want to touch on here at the end, RB? Yeah, just a lot of great movies still that we'll we'll hit on. Um, We've got one month until, or come tomorrow, one month until our uh, movies of the year, top ten films of the year list come out. Um, so lots of movies to watch to catch up. Um, you know, a couple of my favorites that I've just been able to see recently. Uh, the Hunger Games prequel, uh, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, um, The Marvels as well, uh, very good one. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, Loki as well, uh, which is yes. completely out start to finish. We will be reviewing that soon, likely before the new year. Awesome. So with that said, you guys can find us on Letterboxd. The link for that is down below. And you can also find us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts uh, if you want to listen. find us anywhere and listen to us there. Um, with that said, we'll see you all on the next episode of Top of the List. Later, everybody.